Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cabin. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over the action from the All-County Football League last weekend and looking ahead to this weekend's action as we get down to the final um, league games of the All-County Football League in all three divisions. As always, I'm joined by Decoin and Paul Fitzpatrick, the sports editor of the Anglo-Celt. Decoin's still doing quite well. Um, I think I had a poor week looking at my results from last weekend. Um, sometimes I don't know where I come out with my predictions, but I definitely know one thing, that if you were backing me, you would be out of house and home at this stage. <laughs> I haven't got an update on the coin this week, so we might have to hold that one off until next week. Coin yeah, hasn't, yeah, hasn't been in touch. Persistence is key. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember how I did. Uh, I think I did okay this week, but uh, I'm sure we'll get through it. But it's starting to come to the boil nicely, and it's. I'm looking forward to looking at Division Two because it's absolutely remarkable. It's I don't rem- ever remember a league table so tight as Division Two. But every team in it has lost at least four games out of their eleven or twelve, which is incredible. It's absolutely crazy. We will we will be coming to that in, in a couple of moments' time. But we will start off with Division One, the All County Football League. Um, the first prediction we had up was um, it was due to be Friday night, but then it was changed to Monday. Kiligari against Bally Hayes. And Bally Hayes came away with a one point victory, 12 points to 13. Um, we both went for Bally Hayes on this one. Kiligari put up a hell of a fight, though. They definitely fought to the bitter end. It came down to a Porrick Moore, a couple of Porrick Moore scores in the last couple of minutes to just keep. Kiligari at, at arm's length or just about at arm's length because Kiligari really pushed hard but Oshin Brady was was ever reliant on freeze or ever accurate on freeze but he finished with seven points from his seven attempts which is a, a, a an impressive feat but Bally Hayes thoroughly deserved their victory but they um they showed that there's there's still some frailties about them in, 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 in other ways. Now up against the senior side, but they're 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 when they're hot, they're red hot. When they're when they're cold and it can happen in game, which was probably the first 15 minutes of the second half, they can just be ice cold. Um they, they really let Kiligari back into a game that, that you expected Bally Hayes to be in control of. Yeah, I'm glad to hear we got that one right because I was half thinking I might have went for Kiligari in that one. Like it's <clears throat> It's kind of one of the mysteries. I know Kilgarry have, have players on county duty and under twenties at times and the seniors as well. Um, but they've a lot of talent to be sitting there and there with only two wins out of eleven matches. And again, you were at the game, Damien. Will their frailties come back to bite Kilgarry again, losing a tight game? Like 
It's been well advertised that Kilgarry have lost tight games in the championship the last couple of years, but we see them here losing another one. Yeah, I'm not too sure if it was a case of you you'd say, oh, they should have got something out of that one. Like they could have got something out of it, but I don't think it was a, a mentality issue, really. Although it's those same old players that they're they're constantly reliant on an Ocean Brady or a Connor Smith to do something spectacular to get them over the line instead of maybe the collective all stepping up. You know, it, it, it's hard to say like that, that a lad played bad, but did he play good? Did, did he have a, a positive influence on the game overall? There was a lot of anonymous sort of performances on the Kiligary side. And that's, um, that's probably what, what came back to bite them. Like, at different moments in the game for Bally Hayes, David Brady was scintillating. Michael Brady was excellent. Uh, Owen Clark was very good in the middle of the field. Um, the full forward line, Porrick Moore, showed spectacular um, ball winning and scoring ability. Kevin Tierney with the usual um, you know, match-winning sort of performances. Uh, Martin Connolly at corner forward. Like, there, was, there was so much quality scattered all the way across that particularly from 8 to 15 on the on the Ballyhays team, that, you know, they weren't reliant on any one of them to produce, or even two of them to produce the, the match winner. Whereas for Killigarry, if it wasn't going to be Ocean Brady, it had to be Connor Smith because Darrell Lovett was off early. Now, Ballyhays showed a cynical side to them as well. First two frees of the game, first three frees of the game that... Um, were all on Darrell Lovett as he won possession and the third one resulted in him going off injured. Um, he may have dwelled a slight second too long and David Brady let him know that he was playing senior football at this stage. So it was, um, and, and he went off injured after that. So it was kind of one of those those moments where you'd say, you know, right, the young fella maybe needed protecting. I don't know, was there enough for Ryan Killigary to protect him um, in, in those moments anyway, but there was... There was a lot in, in Kiligary. Like I was counting out of the team that played the previous Friday night, I think it was in the in the junior league, in the Division 3 league. Uh, seven of the starting team started against Mahara. Um, so like they had a wedding going on, but they're, they're, they're still down quite a few bodies. But yet yeah, that would be, at this moment in time, a strong team that they would have put out against Mahara. Um, I think for, for, for Ballyhays, they, they're capable of the spectacular and they still have a few bodies to come back into that team. But like David Brady scored definitely one point that was it was a monster and he was very, he was actually unlucky. Do you ever see a point that he, he kicked it from 40 metres or maybe 42, 43 metres with the outside of the right boot? And the, the only way I could describe it was if he was another 10 metres out, it would have gone over the bar because it curled and curled, but it curled after it went past the, the the end line. So it was one of those just monster boots. And you're kind of saying to yourself, with that level of distance on a kick and accuracy, Jesus, have a go from outside the 45, because I know you're you're capable of scoring it. He scored one beauty, which was just about five meters in off the sideline, underneath the stand down to the right-hand side and just inside the 45-metre line. And it was at his ease. He just outside of the right boot sliced it across. It was a beautiful strike. Um, but there's, there's, a, there's quite a bit about Ballyhays now that I, they'll, be, they'll be happy where they're at. They'll be very happy where they're at. Like they're, they're going to finish either second or third in that division. And that's a hell of an achievement for an intermediate team.
Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, and having Park Moore back is huge for them. Like, because well, they weren't lacking firepower, but I suppose you can never have too many uh, scoring forwards like that. The interesting thing with Killigary is they've they've only played, I suppose, five close games in this league because four of the games they lost, they lost by six points or more, um, and one of the games they won was against Goodhill by seven points. But of the five close games, they lost by three points, two points, two points, one point, and drew a killing care. So, sorry, that, sorry, there were six close games, sorry. Five of them, they didn't get the win. And then the, the one that they did win was a two-point win against Balanya. So, the, the, there's still a trend there, which is worrying for Kiligari, that they just haven't learned how to win those tight games yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, the evidence speaks for itself, but uh, Bally Hayes confirmed, as I say, top four spot. Kiligari confirmed bottom four spot with, with those results at the weekend. Um, I think I'm right in saying Castle Rahan were hosting Cudhill. We both went for Castle Rahan on this one. 215 to one goal and nine. Um, Castle Rahan, I suppose, just a little bit ahead of Cudhill at the moment. Maybe setting down a marker ahead of the Intermediate Championship. Yeah, interesting one, that as well. Like Cudhill, very youthful at the minute. Um, and Castle Rahan starting to get bodies back now um, and getting stronger as it goes on. I, I was talking last week how I kind of like the local cast around actually at the minute for the intermediate. Sean O'McGarty had a great game from centre half back. He scored one, two, or three, I think, um, which was great scoring. On the Cudhill team, Dean Connolly played very well at wing back, and Shane Sexton, full forward, played very well. <coughs> Keen Cooper scored one, two as well. He's a good young player, but yeah, comfortable win in that one for Cast Yeah, which puts them up into sixth position on the table. It means they're in that middle safe so There's nothing to play for in their final game, but um, no, no relegation or semi-final spot on offer. Uh, we both went for Castellan, which would be happy to hear. It starts with pear shape for me with the next one. Lacking against Killing Care on Friday night. Um, Lacking coming away with the victory here, four goals and twelve points to three goals and twelve points. Now I had it, I think three goals and eleven, but maybe I maybe I got it wrong, but. Um, Goal fest and the the one thing I've actually come away from this and, and you you fill me in but Killian Galligan is a first cousin of Thomas and Raymond, isn't he? No, he's a brother of Raymond's, isn't he? Oh, he's a brother of Raymond's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the question I have coming away from this and, and it's the second time this year I've seen Lacken and probably the fourth or fifth time in in the last twelve months. Killian Galligan could he step up to be a county senior? What age is he? Because he's he is he's so effective as a full forward. It's freaky. He's really really good. Yeah, well, lacking neither the scoring forward. Like, and he stepped into the into the breach there very well in the last couple of years. Um, the last I had McKernan not playing this year, who was one of their chief scorers. Like, so Killian has stepped up. Lacking have improved. Like, they were they were a shambles last year in the championships. They were set up badly and they just weren't at the races at all. But they they definitely have improved. Now I know they're they're not out of the woods yet. Um, this again, they could get dragged into the relegation spots. Yeah. Killing Care have a game in hand and they're playing Garner, I think, tonight, isn't it? That's right. Um, yeah, okay. but uh, so we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, but I think Lacken, it'd be it'd be uh, ironic if Lacken were to go down this year after they get dragged into it and go down because they've stayed up in other years where they haven't been great, but this year they definitely are uh, on the up a wee bit. I think so. Like- Compared them to last year when I, when I seen them, they didn't look fit. They didn't look like they were, they knew what way they wanted to play. 
Lacking now know what way they want to play. Ryan Coyle that centre half forward offers that early ball onto the inside line uh, between the Finnegans and 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 Minas and Shanahees. You've got they're in really good shape. You know, Connor Finnegan, Shane Finnegan, um, Philip Mina, uh, Michael Shanley or Shanahee. They're they're all in really good shape and they're bombing up and down the field. They're covering ground. Craig knows David Wilson playing well. Um, and it's and it's all feeding towards Killian Callaghan on the inside line. Like I, somebody from Killian Care rang me um, during the week in the build up to the game. I said, you know, what are lacking? Like I said, if you can stop Killian Callaghan, you'll probably go halfway to to beating them. But they couldn't. They couldn't stop them. Now there was an air of fortune about the first goal um, for lacking, where Jake Norris and uh, I think it was James Farley um, just kind of collided with each other a ball in just in front of the goal mount and, and the ball spilled and fell into, I think it was Philip Miner's hands and he just had an easy open net to tap it into. But there was nothing fortuitous about the, the other goals that, that Lacking got. One of them was was just probably showing where Killian Galligan is at this moment in time in terms of confidence because the ball was along the ground and he he, rather than pick it up, he'd done a Ronaldo-esque step over and flick it with the instep or with the outside of the right boot on the toes. So basically, if you imagine the baby toe of your right boot, just flicked it across the goal and into the into the corner of the net. Like it was a, a real confidence, cocky sort of goal, which was beautiful to watch. Um, you know, Paul Letty was was in him and Nathan McQuaid had a nice battle early on, and each hit uh, each landed points. If it was in a in a in a boxing match, you'd say they each landed a point, but. Um, the, the, there was lots about it like with with Lacken they look like there's there's something starting to happen there and, and throw Thomas Galligan back into the mix and Raymond Galligan and I think that Lacken team they'll, they'll be formidable you know if if they'll look at they're not going to win a senior championship but they're well capable of taking scalps um, and for Killing Carey they worked their way back into the game in fairness but it was it was over and done with by the time they managed to do so I think at one stage they were down by 17 points um, Emmett Fitzsimons as always just outstanding you know he, they're Killing Carey doing something and, and I can understand the thought process behind it um, Kean McGovern is taking the freeze and you know I think he, he hit probably three frees or four frees and scored three of them, something like that anyway. But um, Emmett, Emmett is happy enough to maybe let the young lad gain confidence by by hitting those frees. And he got a goal as well in the end, Keane McGovern. But Emmett Fitzsimons is still the man for killing care. Like his goal on the left foot in the second half, it was the only score that was going to make any way of an interesting finish to the game. And Emmett just pulled it out 20 metres Dropped it onto the left foot, a so-called weaker foot, but by no means weak. When he's when he blasted it past Daryl um, Buckley, okay. so yeah, good game. Probably in the end, like it, it, it kind of got close, but lacking, lacking are definitely um, an awful lot improved this year than they were last year. There's, there's, there's a lot of green shoots from lacking and for killing care. They have an uphill struggle now to stay in the division um, with Kingscourt and Garnet to play and, and they need to pick up points from them. Yeah, they, ha- they have to. Um, they're playing Garnet tonight, as, as I said, and they have another game this weekend. 
they're playing Kingsford this weekend, so they could be drawn into it if if uh, it's in their own hands basically. If they win those two games, they'll be safe enough. But if they were to lose to to Garner and Kingsford, Kingsford would leapfrog them at the moment. They they're both level on seven points, um, and the score difference is roughly similar. There's only a couple of points in it, so that's a huge game this this weekend. But if if Killing Care can get over the line against Garner tonight, uh, it'll go some way towards keeping them out of the relegation playoff as well. The funny thing is that it, it doesn't even fully because I think if Lacken are to beat Crit Hill and even if Killing Care beat Gauna, if Kingscourt beat Killing Care, then it's head to head. They're both on nine points with Lacken on 10, and the head to head would mean that Kingscourt would stay up. So yeah, it, that, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Basically, um, could Hill and Killigarry are definitely in the relegation playoffs, and it's going to be any two of Lara, Kingsford, Killing Care, and Lacken joining them. Uh, Killing Care have the game in hand. Lara, I think Lara are going to slip into the relegation into the playoff positions because uh, they need to beat Killigarry and hope Killing Care lose heavily, um, lose both games heavily, or beat Kingsford by a wide margin. So it's kind of out of Lara's hands. It is out of Lara's hands. Um, if Killing Care beat Gauna and lose to Kingsford. Then Lacken could be drawn into it if they were to lose to Good Hill. So basically, there's six teams there. There's two definitely going to be in it, and there's four more that, that could well be in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went for Killing Care, you went for Lacken. So you're ahead of me, and three from three for you in Division One, whereas I'm at two from three. It doesn't get any better for me because I went for Rammer, but thankfully I dragged you down to my level and you went for Rammer as well against Crushala. Finished the draw, one goal in 13 to three goals in seven. You were at this one? Yeah, it was It was a funny game because it looked like uh, Rammer were going to run away with it. They were 113 to 1-7 up with 12, points, 12 minutes left in the game and that seemed to be it. And... Uh, uh, Crushaw got two penalties from Peter Smith in the last 10 minutes and for the second penalty Finn Lo- it was a, a shot from Adrian Smith Finn Lotcher pulled it down from over the bar but he spilled it there was a scramble and I think he pulled down a player and he got a black card so Sean Brady had to go on goals but he couldn't keep out Peter Smith's penalty and there was no, no more scores I think in the last 10 minutes only for those two penalties so um, you know, Crushaw had put probably was a point waved wide by the umpires, it was a close range one, and sometimes the close range ones, the umpires can't see them because um, they're so close to the to the post. But uh, it was it was an interesting game. They're both missing a lot of players. At half time, it was a draw, one five to eight points. And the problem I felt with Rammer in the first half was their de- delivery of ball into the inside line was desperate. Like Paddy McNamee was making very intelligent runs. James Brady was in there as well. Um, Sean Brady was floating in and out, but they were winning plenty around the middle of the field. Like Killy Maguire was. Was out around the midfield. He went into full forward in the se- in the second half. Um, Garrett Mannion was brilliant. I thought in the middle of the field, very good on kickouts and and uh, just getting on the ball off the shoulder and driving like so fast. Uh, and so they had a they had a bit of a foothold, but they couldn't they just they were just sending really poor service into the inside forwards. And they remedied that as the game went on. And I thought that that was key. Uh, Pierre Smith was keeping Crushlaw in touch with freeze and. Uh, David Shalvey hit a good free as well. Adrian Smith had a, scored a great goal in the early in the first half. I think it was actually uh, could have been Crushlow's first score of the game after five minutes. Absolutely brilliant top corner. Um, but it was one thirteen to to one seven as I said. Rammer were, were kicking nice scores at that stage. Killian Maguire, Kyle Maguire, um, James Bradley kicked a great point, and that looked like it was it. 
but Paddy Riley came on for Crush Law. He ran it to the fence and won the penalty. So there was some grumbling. It was a good bit away from me, so I couldn't say, but I know there was some grumbling about that penalty. Uh, but it was given anyway, and Peter Smith made no mistake. Still had to be converted, and he did very well, and he did well with the second one. And uh, so yeah, it was good. I thought the draw probably probably a little bit harsh on Rammer, but Crush Law never gave up. They really went for it. Lovely conditions. It was an enjoyable game now. Very good. Very good. Um, final game then was Baranya were hosting Gauna and Gauna bagged five goals against them uh, with 13 points. Uh, Baranya finished with just eight points. We both went for Gauna on this one. I suppose there's very few days you score five goals you're going to lose. Yeah, Baranya were missing a huge amount of players. They were missing really on most of their starting team. I'd say it could be seven or eight at least of their starting team. Like Niall McDermott wasn't playing, players like that. Um, so that probably explained a lot of it on the Garner team loads of different scorers on the day they had a strong side out Tierney Madden got 1-2 Dara Madden won 1-2 uh, Connor Madden won 1 Oshin Fleming got a goal Aaron Brady got 1-1 uh, so they had a, they just had a field there really they were too strong uh, it was actually close enough at half time I think it was 1-6 to 5 something like that at half time but uh, second half then it was just the goal started to fly in that was the first uh, appearance that Conor Madden has made I think since the Division 4 league final so yeah. good, good to see him back out on the field as well and he got a goal as well so yeah uh, straightforward win for Garner yeah um, okay so that's all from we'll, we'll come back to the table later on when we're going through the predictions because there, the, the table is going to impact how we do uh, uh, might not be one word predictions on this week's show never it's, is never really is no <laughs> Oh, sorry, the other one that we, we didn't do the prediction on, but Calvin Gales against Kingscourt, I said we, we talked about it briefly um, last week. I went up to watch it, but it, it was a, it was a really good game, actually. I was I was delighted I made the journey up to see it because I got to see Jordan Morris. I was very impressed with him. Um, I thought he showed a lot of agility, speed, power, um, and skill on the game now probably the one side of the game that, that let him down that I was very surprised with was his his shooting accuracy for points he 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 wasn't very accurate from points but my god when he went for the, the Calvin Gaze defence when he went at them there was no stopping him they, they probably had three different man markers on him at different stages and, and he was very good the other big news is Barry Riley's back now he you could see he's still a bit rusty and he's his kicking isn't at Perfect levels, but he finished with one six maybe or one five, one six something in around that, um, and and could have had another two or three on top of that, um. So like Barry, along with Jordan Morris, like the first goal for Kings Court was I'd say after ten minutes or maybe less in the game, and, and Jordan Morris got on a ball out in the middle of the field and went by three Cavendish defenders, and as he got to the forty five meter line, his head was up solo and left foot to right hand and then just dropped the ball onto the right foot as Barry Riley took a, a step to turn Jordan's head was up and just delivered it perfectly on to him. Barry Riley with the right foot smashed it to the back of the net and you're kind of going oh now that's going to be some combination when it gets going and then obviously Joe Dillon hasn't hasn't played Paddy Mead, Park Faulkner. So Kingscourt, while losing the game, would say, yeah, they've, they've plenty to come back in and strengthen that up as well. Um, but I'd be slightly 
slightly worried for for Kingscourt because it, it wasn't a strong Gales team either. It, like Cavan Gales were easily missing seven lads that will start in the championship for them injury um, allowing. But you're looking at like probably the best player for them. I'd say Emmanuel Sheehy was close to it. Um, he had an excellent game. Sorry, actually the best player for them was was. Evan McIntyre, or as as I was told, he could be called Paddy McIntyre by uh, two people in the stand. If you want to call him Paddy, and call him Paddy. But um, he had a really good game from wing back. He, he bombed forward, scored a point. Um, I thought he he was he was really impressive. Um, Paul Graham went off injured. Um, for Calvin Gales, which was was a big blow, but they kind of grinded it out, and you can see Jason's ideas of of how to play are starting to to show again for Calvin Gales and. Bagging two goals and seventeen points up in Kings Court, you're you're doing all right. Um, considering as I said, they're, they're missing an awful lot, but um, I can't let the podcast go without mentioning John Fortune's point. So John Fortune isn't known for his points. I think that's fair enough to say, Paul. You know, mm. he's not known as a point scorer. He's definitely not known as a left footed point scorer. But he scored a super point in the in the second half, and at a stage when the game was close and it was needed, he bombed forward from the fullback position and got through the kind of right corner forward position his right foot was blocked off turned back on and just sailed the left foot over the bar so a really good and he had a very good game overall now he started probably in Jordan Morris who was a bit of a mismatch for speed but in general John Fortune I thought had had a had a very good game for Calvin Gales and and was solid enough in there as a as a as a a defender for them um yeah definitely and and another player for Calvin Gales needs mentioning is Murphy and goes and it's Patrick Murphy his his kickouts were brilliant really really accurate long range two steps and then he pulled off a really good save to probably deny another goal for um for Kings Court so yeah all in all entertaining game but good win for Calvin Gales up in up in Kings Court which gives them a chance of making that that semi-final spot um, they're currently in fourth position and, and it's in their own hands if they if they win the final game, they'll they'll make that semi-final play. So right, on to the that that's all from the Romar Energy All County Football League Division One. Looking at the Wilton Waste Recycling All County Football League Division Two results. Sorry, just to give you your tally of the uh five games we predicted, you've got four out of five, and I got three out of five in the senior in division one. The draw the draw called me out, David. The draw caught you out is right. Yeah. What draw? Oh, I'm yes. first draw. Yeah, that was the only one. Yeah, you, sh- you should know that. You usually call the draw. Now and again, you call the draw. Okay. Um, what's the first game? Arva against Mullahorn. We both went for Arva on this one and we were right. 14 points to one goal and eight. And I understand that Mullahorn basically got the goal with the final kick of the game through a penalty. Um, so... Arva looked like they were well on top in this game. Yeah, they did. In fairness, uh, Arva, as we've been saying it on the podcast for a while, they've they've been coming to their milk, as they say, just nicely in the last couple of months, and continued it there now. Like they're right up now at the, at the top of the table. They are top uh, <clears throat> now. Obviously, there's only two points between fourth and ninth in this crazy division, but that was a great win for them, and their forwards starting to click. Peter Morris with seven points. Young Barry Donnelly with a point, Johnny McCabe with a point, Kevin Boucher came on, so they're starting to get players back. Shane Hamilton came up with three points, Tristan Hoffman got a point, Keen O'Hara came out of the goals with a 45. So from Mullerhorn, like looking through the Mullerhorn team, there's quite a few of their of their championship team were playing 
obviously they've Killian they're going around Cormac O'Reilly to come back into that side but a lot of familiar fists on the Mullerhorn team so they'll be disappointed with that one um, and O'Reilly was back I think he missed a few games he got the, the penalty he finished with 1-3 which he generally does dead yeah. balls or whatever it is he would get you four or five scores anyway but uh, yeah, that's a big setback for Mullerhorn because if they won that they'd have moved to 17 points and they'd have been in a very commanding position in this tight division but instead the friend themselves pegged back and I think they have Cucullins this weekend, which is not going to be easy either. Yeah, definitely. Um, second game, Drumlane against Ballon McHugh. You went for Ballon McHugh, I, or you went for Drumlane. I went for Ballon McHugh and Drumlane um, started to regain their form. Three goals and 12 points to Ballon McHugh's four points. So that's just not a, 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 that's not just a no for me. That's a hell no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a big shout, Ballon McHugh now. But fairness, Drumlane had been in poor form. They were missing an awful lot of players. So that was a big win for them. They're smelling blood now as well. They're up level on 15 points at the top of the table with, with a score difference of plus 20. Mullerhorn's score difference of plus 24. And Arva have a big score difference of plus 59. So Arva, Arva's uh, 15 points is a is a nice looking 15 points up there. Um, but Drumlane looking strong too. But this this division is just brilliant. It's, it's absolutely mad. Mad, I think more than brilliant from, from what I'm hearing. I think there's, there's there's a huge amount of inconsistency in terms of performance from teams in it. Yeah. Tremlane may have just wobbled and found their form again at the right moment because a win for Tremlane will put them through to the semi-final. Any of those top four teams will will guarantee the, or sorry, top three teams will guarantee a semi-final spot with a win. So um their final game. But for McHugh, only scored four points. They'll be they'll be really disappointed with that. But I heard since that they're decimated with injuries as well. They're they're down a huge amount of bodies. Whereas Drumlane had a few bodies back this weekend, which which improved their their chances. And like any team, like Mark McGuire, I think was back for the first time um in four or five weeks. Um, I'm just trying to think. There was a couple of other names that that I was told that were back for Drumlane that that had been missing during that bit of a wobble. So. Um, at the end of the day your best players playing gives you a better chance of winning yeah 100% Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years a family owned and family run business Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA if you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Lavi, we're hosting Shercock. I went for Lavi. You went for Lavi on this one. So, and they've done the job. 120 plays 115. That sounds like a cracking game there. 37, point, 37 scores in total. Yeah. Karaduk was sent off for Lavi, I think, early enough in this game. And Shercock, I don't think Shercock responded well to it. They, they continued to keep a good few men back. And it, it probably wasn't the, be, the best course of action. Like they were. Shane Tierney was getting a lot of attention. Like they had a lot of players sort of um, keeping an eye on him, and they were probably wary of pushing men forward. But that, you know, when you when the opposition go down to fourteen like that, it gives you you probably do need to adjust. And from what I was told, they didn't adjust particularly well. Shercock have proven very hard to beat, but one twenty, I'd say, don't have all the results to hand. But I'd say that's one of the biggest scores they've conceded, if not the biggest in this league. 
Um, Sean Clark got seven points. Niall Clark got three. Uh, Owen Morrissey. They they kept they kept the, the usual played defensively and they kept Morrissey up top and and uh, must have been Sean Clark up top or maybe it's Niall Clark with him and brought a lot of bodies back, but it just didn't work out for them on the even. Lavi doing what they always do, just trying and uh, try and find some form coming up the championship. They're starting to get players fit. You see Danny Cusick now is fit. He's getting a good run of games. Paul Gilchrist, Peter Smith, Tierney and Duke. Uh, you know, all these players that that uh, are synonymous with Lavi when they're going well. They're, they all seem to be fit. Declan Conroy's in this year and like he's been a big help to them as well. So, Lavi definitely finding their form. They didn't have uh, McCabe up front the last day. He was away or something, but he'd be coming back into the side as well. So, yeah, Lavi on a, on a good run there now, and that brings him up to seventh. And they're in with a decent shout there. They're two off, <coughs> two off, one point off top. I'm sure everyone in that division's in with a shout. Yeah. They have some going uh, away, um, which is a winnable game for Lavi. Well, any game in this division is winnable, but you know, you kind of have fancy Lavi in the form that they're in to win that one. That gets them to 16 if they win it. And that, that'd give them a decent share of getting into the promotion playoffs. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, Cuhullins. The Cuhullins Mullinhorn game is huge for Lavi. Um, almost as big as their game with Chungun in terms of their, their, their chance of making the playoffs. Um, but sometimes you'd wonder, do Lavi really want to go up to Division 1? They seem to be happy, you know, keeping their cars close to their chest in Division 2 um, and then spring a, a, a championship surprise. Oh, well, they are the, they're the best championship team in the county. If, if a championship team is a team that can flick a switch and turn it on and leave their league form behind them, that's Lavi. They do that every year and they're very good at it. Or really for Shercock, if if they are playing that system, we've seen that system down through the years for Shercock and it has worked well for them. But if they're conceding 120 with a mass defence, then th- that will worry Andy McGovern. Um, that's, the, that's the report I got now. So um, uh, don't just hold me to that. But I, I did hear that, that they didn't really go for it. Um, so I suppose Sherco have been playing very defensively for a few years now, and maybe they're just it's just ingrained in them a wee bit. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. Okay, Corner Fane hosting Butler's Bridge, two sixteen to Corner Fane, one goal and twelve to Butler's Bridge. You backed Corner Fane, the home side, to get the win, and I foolishly went for Butler's Bridge, who are down a lot of bodies. Um, I know Quavian already didn't play. Finton was was back playing. Jarvis Patrick's gone. Um, so there's still still a bit of bit of room for improvement for Butler's Bridge, but as one Butler's Bridge supporter said to me today, look at as long as they have everybody back for the Ulster Club, they'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Bridge have won six games out of twelve. There, like, you know, it's not exactly inspiring form for the intermediate champions uh, who are going to be playing mostly teams from a division higher come championship. But again, it's just this league. It's just it's just a mad league. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Good win for Corner Fane, though. Again, they uh, they they rebounded. I think they were beaten the week before. It was a bit of a, an upset, if I'm right in saying. Um, yeah, they lost out to Bailiborough in the previous game and then bounced back now with a win against Butler's Bridge. So mm. that's always a good sign of a team to to bounce back from a defeat. Corner Fane are the highest scoring team in that division, which is something that you wouldn't associate with. With Corner Fane in recent years being a free scoring team, but they they definitely have on there a couple of forwards and they're utilizing them. Um, 
they're comfortably the highest scoring team. They've they've scored two hundred and two points on the table, which is nobody else uh, above one hundred ninety four. So, uh, and after that, there's actually nobody else anywhere near them. Actually, I'm just looking at it here. There's nobody even in the one eighties. So, uh, right. they're very much a free scoring outfit. Corner fan, looking forward to seeing them in the championship. Yeah, same as same as. Um, okay, Knockbride were uh, sorry, the Torbit were hosting Drumgoon and a five-goal um, feast for Bill Torbett with eight points along with it was better than Drumgoon's 1-7. And 1-7 isn't enough to win the, any games or very many games in this division. But Bill Torbett, uh, five goals and eight points. I'm going to say end of Henry with 2-6. I'll check that for you now, Damien. Uh, yeah, he, he was scoring plenty in the game, all right, as he always does. He finished with 2-2. You weren't too far off. Uh, Brenda Vesey got a goal as well. Sean O'Glaughter got a goal. Shane Fitzpatrick, who's playing great stuff for Torbett lately, he got 1-2. Uh, so, comprehensive win there for, for Jungoon, or for Torbett. Keith Fannin was the star man for Jungoon. He got 1-5, goal from a penalty and three frees. Um, but, yeah, a great win that for Torbett. And we were just saying last week how they, they haven't been scoring enough. So they went out the next day and hit five goals. So the podcast must be stuck on the wall of the dressing room. The MP3. That's it. That's it. Okay, finally then, Knockbride and Neighbours, Bailiborough went toe-to-toe up in St. Bridges Park. Knockbride were defeated on this occasion by a single point. 13 points plays one goal and 11 to Bailiborough. You went for Knockbride. I went for the draw. We were both close. We were both close, yeah. It was a late point from Ryan Gilmore was the winner here in this game. Um, but it was a, again a very close game. Um, not bright, missing a lot of chances. Bit of back chat to the referee. Saw a few frees moved up. So a little bit of indiscipline there. Uh, cost not bright on on the day. Very little between the teams. Like um, Shawnee Bournes was doing a good bit of scoring for not bright. Um, Patrick Rogers as well with frees. And like at halftime, it was six points each. So that'll tell you it was basically nip and tuck all the way. Um, Baltorbert got it, or Bailiborough got a good spell just after halftime. They went from two points down to four points up in six minutes. Um, Reese Clark, Luke Gilson, Reese Clark again getting the points, and then Aaron Reel palmed in uh, to the net after a cross from Clark, and that was that was the kind of key period in the game. Other than that, it was it was really nip and tuck all the way. Now Brian kept at it and got level again uh, with five or six minutes to go. 45 for Shawnee Bourne's point from Roy Donahue. But uh, a couple of minutes ago, Ryan Gilmer comes up with the with the winning score. Interestingly, Connor Gilson was right out on mid- midfield on a lot of kickouts, leaving the goals empty at times. And uh, that's a tactic that, that Bailey Burr are playing. And he is a player that's comfortable coming out the field. So yeah, um, yeah that worked for Bailey Burr. Local derby. What's one of the one of the sometime when things are quiet, we'll do a podcast on the best local derbies in Cavan. I think Bailey Burr not brightly on that list. Probably would, yeah. And it was a massive, massive win for Bailiborough because it meant the leapfrog um not bright on the table. Um well sorry, they're probably just ahead of them on score difference, but it puts now points between them, which is um just what Bailiborough wanted. It heaps the pressure onto that bride. But are, are you surprised to see not bright in the relegation playoff in, in division two? Yeah, I am I am surprised, yeah. <laughs> Again, I keep repeating this, it's a very funny table. Um like you could pick holes in every team's form in it, so that, that's kind of an unfair thing to do. But I am surprised now they've, they've only won five games out of 12, so 
you can't say it's been a good season for them but new management and they're probably just finding their feet as well I, I have faith in this not bright team I think they're full of talent this not bright team and playing at junior level they should be able to make a splash they they brought them to a replay last year and then got the best out of them in the replay and that sort of catapulted then onto an Ulster title because they never looked back after that they won 10 games in a row or whatever it was so um yeah, I, I think there's a lot of talent in this, this not bright team, but this is a big season for them now in the championship. They've got to start really making a count. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it's almost gone past the stage where they've got to start making a count. You know, they're, they're going to have to. I think I'm just trying to think exactly when it was when I said you know for this not bright team to achieve their full potential, they need to win. The junior championship this year and that could be two three years ago because yeah. they were you know they, they looked like they were a team that could go up and and, and compete at senior but they're 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 a bit off that now quite a bit i off. I, I would still back them to do that because for the reason that they've got a, an excellent minor team coming through and i think that's huge they haven't sat in their laurels they've another way of coming and like if they can get four or five off that team uh that's going to give them a, a outrageous boost but you know, you'd like to see them getting out of junior because they've been knocking on the door there for a while. And it was a young team, but they have mostly stuck together, that team, but they're not that young anymore. Like most of the lads are now coming into their prime. I know you have a couple of the younger fellas there, all right, but um, I think they will. I do think they'll get there. I honestly do. I think they'll, they'll, they'll integrate some of these minors into the team in the next year or two. And you could easily see not bride getting out of junior and giving the intermediate a good rattle, but gonna have to going to have to definitely start making a move fast. Yeah, completely agree. Um, okay, so then on to the Kite Powertech All County Football League Division Three. Killing Care, or sorry, Killigarry were hosting Mahara. Finished three fifteen to Killigarry one thirteen to Mahara. I said it was quite a strong Killigarry team. Right, seven of them started against Ballyhays on the on the following Monday night. Um, so Mahara would be disappointed not to pick up result on this one, um, but. All in all, I suppose uh, uh, one thirteen against a team that, well, a lot of a team that played in Division One three days later, then they'll, they'll take it. Yeah, they'll take it, but that would have been a game looking at the table that Mara would have been targeting. There, I know Killigarry had a much stronger side out than they had in other games, but like we've been saying all year that this is the best Mara team for a few years, and yes, you look at the table, and there's still no wins out of eleven and conceded. 230 uh, which is the worst defensive record in the in the county at the minute so it goes to show how far Drift Maher were um, that they're showing improvement but they still are losing games heavily not all games they've been competitive in a good few games which is an improvement on what we saw before but you know I don't know um, Maher is just a tough one tough one to solve there mm, well there's only one way it's going to be solved and it's if they keep going and keep working hard it's the only way um disappointing to see Kildallan concede the uh the, the fixture to Templeport um you know we we've seen a huge and maybe we'll discuss this when the the All County Football League is over we've seen a huge amount of concessions in the reserve league but for it to be creeping into the first teams as well that's disappointing that is disappointing yeah yeah, I don't know what you can say about that. I don't know, Tomas had an injury crisis or something, but and maybe it wasn't the most appealing game to go and play your neighbours who are absolutely flying and had just had a massive win against 
the second place team in the table, which shows how far ahead Tampa Port are. But uh, yeah, that's it's it's not good to see that now. Yeah, I think I think I'm right in saying the last time these sides have played, Kildare actually beat them, but they've conceded a couple of occasions, or um, there hasn't been a huge amount of opportunities for Tampa Port to right what they would consider a wrong in, in Kildallan beating them on the last occasion out but um sorry I was meant to say in division two you finished up at five out of six and we'll just not mention what I finished up with <laughs> um anyway Shannon Gales were hosting Kilishandra we both went for Shannon Gales on this one but Kilishandra proved that there's life in the old dog yet 111 to Kilishandra five points to Shannon Gales a good win for, for Kilishandra well, that's more like it from Kilishander. That's the kind of result you'd expect from Kilishander, but um, and it just gets them a little bit more respectable on the table. They're still 12 points off top, which at the start of this league, I would have been picking them out as, as definite, very strong promotion contenders. They're not going to get promoted now, but at least they've righted the ship a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mike Nugent were hosting Kill Shamrock, so Barry Crow's old club against Barry Crow's new club and Doc Mulhall uh, alongside them. I was talking to Mike Nugent man after this game and said, oh, we had to make sure we got the better of this one. Um, while I, they have a very good relationship with their former management, they definitely wanted to get one over them. And, and that that's an important one for Mike Nugent, but the defeat is, is a, a devastating one for Kill. Yeah, it is because it 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 leaves them now like that that they're scrambling. Uh, now they do have Red Hills on the head to head, which is which is potentially going to be priceless. Um, like if Red Hills were to lose this weekend against uh, who was Red Hills playing Montreal Connacht away, <coughs> which is a tough game. Depending on Montreal Connacht are on nineteen, uh, so they're they are guaranteed to go through. So that might be a factor that'll help for Hills. But <clears throat> if they were to lose away to Munch Connacht, Kill at home to Swan and Barry, you'd fancy them. Kill, can, Kill would still make it if, if it was just the two of them for fourth place because they'd get it on the head-to-head. That's provided Drummolee win. Um, but Drummolee have a game in hand, I think, as well. Yeah, Corlin so, still to play, I think, is Drummolee's fixtures. Yeah, so it's not the worst. it's not the worst defeat in the world for Kill, but it just does take things a little bit out of their own hands. Yeah. Um, you went for Manugent on that one. I went for Kill Shamrocks to get the job done. So my horrible run continues. <laughs> my, um, great, my great run continues. Flying here. You're flying. Um, Muncher Connacht were, where am I gone? Yeah. Muncher Connacht were traveling down to Swan and Bar and came away with a comfortable victory here. 414 to 11 points. We both went for Muncher Connacht. 414 is damn good scoring on any day. Yeah, much of Connacht are going really well there, in fairness. 19 points, nine, <clears throat> nine wins and a draw out of their 12 matches. Sees them up to outright second on the table. So they're going to go into the semi-finals anyway. Uh, Tampa Fort look a cut above in this division, but much of Connacht so far the best of the rest, which is which is no bad thing. Although I know Drummond have a game in hand, so they could they could get over them. But it's been a very good season so far for much of Connacht. Well, it very much looks like it'll be a much of Connacht Drummond uh, semi-final. With, with the way that table lines out um, so it'll be that, that'll be a really interesting well if Red Hills could beat Montreal Connacht Red Hills would go ahead of them um, but sorry you've, and then Drumbley have to win their game so that would yeah that would leave it a Montreal Connacht 
Red Hills repeat yeah. there in the semi-finals. That'll be second and third. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Yeah, if Red Hills go to yeah, if Red Hills go to twentieth, go to twenty points. Yeah, I, I wouldn't just like to call it. There's too many imponderables there at the minute. Are we going to presume that Trumley will get the win and go to twenty? That would make things easier. Did you say they're playing Corla? Playing Corla and Mahara. It's their last two games. Yeah, so the, but Trumley, you'd expect Trumley to go to twenty-two. So that does make things a little bit easier to figure out. So then you're looking at, uh, it's probably going to be Red Hills and Montreal Connacht in Tour and Fort. So I presume it's one v four and two v three, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would, if uh, yeah, the winner of that game, that's going to be a huge game. So it's going to be Drumley against either Red Hills or Munch Connacht at the minute, unless Kill can get crash this if results go away. Yeah, but they need Red Hills to to slip up uh, in order for that to happen. Um, okay, and so yeah, we both went for finally Red Hills, as we mentioned, and they continue back to their their goal scoring best four goals in sixteen to five points over neighbors neighbors Drum. I think back to last year, and I remember seeing these in a league playoff semi or a league playoff um, of some sort, and a really close game, nothing between the sides. Now it looks like Red Hills have opened up a gap and are are, are a step ahead of Drum. Yeah, well, we have to say Drum were missing a lot of players on the evening, all right. Um, they were down a good few bodies. Um, uh, Kaelan Riley being obviously the the obvious one up front, Tierney Riley was playing all right, but, and Red Hill seemed to be closer to full strength, but still, does that account for a for a 24-point gap or whatever it was? Probably not. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge result. That was a real result that made me sit up and go, Jesus, Red Hills are really going well here. And like, the forwards are cert- certainly clicking as well. Like, Paul Martin, five points, Packy Lelly, three, Luke McEntee, one, one, Sean Martin, a point, Torg Mooney, one, three, it's five of the six starting forwards. Jack Dunn came on and got a goal. Cormac Brides one one. Aaron Monaghan came up with two points. He's listed a cornerback. So uh you can't argue with it. That's a massive result. And like that's a that's a, a really good derby there that Hills and Drunk. Like back in the day, way back in the seventies, that was a that was a bitter derby. And then it kind of fizzled out a bit. Then in the nineties it rose again. And then the last few years now it's become a big derby because Red Hills and Bally Hayes was always a big one, but they've sort of pulled away from Red Hills now. So Drung and Red Hills is, is a huge one. So there'll be serious bragging rights for the Red Hills boys now. Yeah, well, coming from Trehu Cross, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I teed that one up for you. I thought you just <laughs> take the opportunity to loaf down <laughs> the neighbours to the, to, to the uh, what would it be, to the east? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, didn't, you didn't jump on it fully, but you, you almost did. Looking at Red Hills, though, like it's been a phenomenal uh, league campaign torn around because at round six they played Drummondy and scored seven points, and then all of a sudden something clicked. Five goals the following week, uh, three goals the week after, uh, three goals the week after that. Again, coming up with three goals against Swanabar in, in in round ten, round eleven they dipped and only got one goal. And then they were back up to four goals in, in round 12. Like there's some, something clicked after that Drummond game and it, it has worked really well for Red Hills. And Rory Dunn deserves huge credit for being able to turn that around midstream. Absolutely, yeah. No, they're absolutely charging up the table there. Um, they're probably being as good a run of form as nearly any team in the county for the last six, seven weeks. So yeah, it's good, it's good going. It's great to have a man like Rory there, like player manager with his experience and everything else. And he's, he's very hugely respected in the, in the parish, like 
So, uh, yeah, uh, an absolute weapon of a player to have and a great man to have for a manager. Definitely. Drone though bounced back on Tuesday night and picked up a win against Swan Bar, 11 points to eight. Um, probably didn't get anything that's only last night, so haven't heard much, but the, the, the win was very important for them. It kind of puts a, a bit of a distance between them and the bottom six teams in the division. So um, they'll, they'll be delighted that they bounced back from a defeat with a victory at the weekend and put themselves leapfrogging above, um, or sorry, cementing their position above Swan and Bar. So good, good going for them. Um, it means that in Division 3 in the Kite Power Tech, all kind of Football League Division 3, out of the five games we previewed, Paul, you got four correct, and I ended up with three out of five on that one. So no need to uh, go into the exact details, but it was uh, a swift hammering I took this week after the match. I think that's my best ever week, Damien. I think today I only dropped three results, so one was a draw, something like that. It did, yeah. Yeah, four out of five in Division 1, five out of six in Division 2, and four out of five in Division 3. That's a damn good, that's a damn good week. You deserve a point. Thank you, thank you. Buy it for you, but you deserve one. I'm sure somebody will, will come <laughs> Okay, we're going to make predictions um, for this week. So we'll start off with Division 1 um, tonight up in Killing Care. They're hosting Gauna. It's at 8 o'clock. Um, a big week now for Killing Care. So a win against Gauna would, would be helpful, but it's not as important as getting that win against Kingscourt. Um, but... For Gauna, they've got to win this game. This is their final game of the competition, and they've got to win it to put pressure on Calf and Gales, uh, because otherwise the top four are cemented if Gauna are beaten tonight. Yeah, and Gauna have the Gales on head to head, so a win tonight puts Gauna through. Um, sorry, no, it doesn't. A win tonight and a, and a loss for the Gales at the weekend puts Gauna through because they beat the Gales in the head to head, maybe in one of the early rounds. They might have been the first round. Um, I'm going to go with Gauna. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to go down on this one. I'm afraid because I think the bigger of the two games for Killing Care is the is the Kingscourt one as well. So and Gown is most important game is obviously this one. It's the last one. So I go with Gown, and I wouldn't be surprised. But Gown will be allowed to play Connor Madden again um, with the with the Tajikistan Cup final still two and a half weeks away almost. So um, you know there, there could be there could be a very strong Gown team out tonight. Kings, sorry, uh, Friday night then. We're going Calvin Gales against Balanya. It's at seven or at eight o'clock in um, Terry Coyle. It was three games Friday night and then three games on Saturday evening, um, which is interesting in one way, but I don't know how it'll affect the table in the end. Actually, it doesn't really have a huge effect. Um, but Calvin Gales, you'd expect that the fact it's in their own hands and they're at home. And Balanya took a tight beating last weekend and no missing a huge amount of players. But Calvin Gibbs should cement their semi final spot by, by beating Balanya. Yeah, I go with Calvin Gibbs. Okay. Crushalot uh, against Castle Rahan. Crushalot um, with nothing really to play for here, are they? Yeah, still Crushalot for me, though. Just for the simple reason that they love to beat Castle Rahan. Ah, it's a, it's a local derby and I just think Crushed are stronger Castellan have nothing to play for they're stuck in that middle bracket and, and while Crushed a win would put them up to 21 points I suppose it, it, it may be vying for top four spots in terms of whether it's Ballyhays or Ram or, or Cavendish or Gowna that they get but even at this point they don't know who 
they'll get by by winning the game. But I, I'd agree with you, they should go out and, and, and win this game. They've shown enough form throughout the league that they, they'll be favourites going into it. Bally Hayes against Rammer. Bally Hayes, what a tough finish for them to the to the league. Or sorry, Rammer, what a tough, tough finish for them. They, they're playing the top two teams um, after themselves in their final two games. But will they will they have enough to get over Bally Hayes? Uh, I, I'm going to tip Rammer. That, it won't be easy. But uh, these are essentially dead rubbers. This is essentially a dead rubber, even though they're both at the top of the table. Because I suppose you're just trying to see who's going to get into force, who's going to get to second. It doesn't really matter. You could be better off in force than avoiding crush law, uh, maybe. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to go for Rammer. It's hard to know how that one will go. I think John Brady should be the, the deciding factor on this one too because he knows the, the Ballyhays boys or knows an awful lot of them. Um, having said that, seen in the past where players want to up their game for a previous manager with, with the the kill my Nugent example from last weekend. Um, what what Ballyhays have uh, to their advantage is they've a big big unit. You know they're, they're physically a very strong team. When you can afford to play Kevin Tierney as a corner forward, um, I still have the likes of David Brady and Owen Clark in the middle of the field and Michael Brady centre forward, Parkmore full forward. It shows that they're physically a very strong side. Um. But they need to be against Rammer. Like I was impressed with the physicality of Rammer last weekend. The likes of Mark McGee there, like he's an absolute beast. He was brilliant in the back line for them. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a good game that. But I just think it's a, yeah, be a, there could be an element of shadow boxing there as well. So I, I still think Rammer. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think Rammer is just about. They have more panel depth. I think, and uh, Brian O'Rourke will be back for body his as well. But I'm, I'm going to stick with Rammer on this one as well. Um, okay, on to then Saturday evening, six o'clock in Jim Smith uh, Memorial Park. It's it's essentially a relegation playoff playoff between Killing Care and Kings Cross Stars. Is home advantage going to be enough for Killing Care? Neither of them is going great. Like I saw Killing Care against Castran, and I I wasn't impressed with them on the evening. Um, I'm going to go with Kingscourt for the away win. Yeah, I think so too. I haven't seen both sides in the last week. Um, I, I, I was I was more impressed with Kingscourt than I was with Killing Care. Um, the Killing Care showed great fight in the end, but I wasn't just convinced by their first half. In fact, I was disappointed by their first half performance. I thought it was quite poor um, against Lacken, whereas Kings Court, they were beaten by Cavan Gills in the end, but there was enough glimpses of quality that you'd say, you know, when they kind of put it all together, they're probably just ahead of Killing Care at this moment in time. So I'm going to go with Kings Court myself as well. Uh, could Hill against Lacken in Hugh O'Reilly? You're, you're talking about Could Hill always, they're, they're a damn hard team to beat in, in, at home. Are you going to stick with that one this time around? Well, I think that's been sort of undone in this league campaign. Like, um, their home form is definitely not what it was in other years. <clears throat> like look, looking through it, they were well beaten by Balnea at home. They were beaten by Cavan Gales at home. They were beaten by Crush Law at home. Um, they were beaten by Lara at home. So their home form is not what it used to be. And they used to be very strong uh, for a few years there. So I think Lacken will beat them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think Lacken <clears throat> have 
had enough on it. Um, as I said, I was impressed with Lekin against Killing Care in the first half when the game needed to be won. They done everything that, that was necessary and they showed good attacking ability. They had four goals scored by half time against Killing Care. So um I anticipate a Coot Hill side that are very much in transition. I think that's the important part to point to to, to bring up here with them because they're they're a good side, um Coot Hill in transition. But going to Division 2 wouldn't be the end of the world for Curtiel, I don't think. In fact, it could be the best place considering the number of young players that they're bringing through there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, both go for Lacken. Okay, into Division 2. Um, and all of these games are Friday night, 8, 8 o'clock, all thrown in the exact same time. Baileyborough hosting Drumlane. Um, Drumlane, knowing a win will guarantee them semi-final spot. Baileyborough need the win to ensure or keep it in their own hands that they don't get dragged into a relegation playoff. But um, looking at score difference and that, they, I think they're pretty much safe actually looking at that score difference because they are on an even score difference, whereas McBride have a minus, what are we there? And then, um, uh, what's that, 11 points? 11 points of a minus. So, yeah, yeah, 12, yeah. 12, sorry, 12 points. Can't imagine even an upright win that they're going to win by more than 12 points and then at the feet, we'll take a defeat. And sorry, even at that, they're still not going to be dragged in because it's head to head. So, yeah, Baileyborough, I got to go with a drum lane win here, I think. Yeah, me too. It's going to be enough to, to get them over the line. <clears throat> Excuse me. Look, Bride are heading down to Emmett Park to Butler's Bridge. What do you think? Yeah, the bridge is heavy loss last week. I'm going to take the bridge to bounce back there. Yeah, Butler's Bridge. Like, I've seen Quivine O'Reilly up in Crow Park and he's the cast off, but is that enough that he can play? I don't know. Finton played last weekend. I'd expect he'd be able to play this weekend as well. Um, um, Cahill Leddy, probably in the same boat, you'd imagine. Um, neither getting tagged out for the county seniors. So, um, with everybody, with, with all of those back, uh, I'd, I'd expect Butler's Bridge to, to pick up the win because the win gives them a chance of a semi final spot. Obviously, it depends on how Cornafane and Coo Hollands and Mullahorn and all those teams above them get on, but a win would give them a good chance anyway. Their score difference is uh, minus seven. Um, so, they actually. Yeah, they've, they've, they've quite a bad score difference in comparison to Corner Fane and Kuhullens. So, yeah, I still I still think Butler's Bridge will have enough. This should just get over the line. Yeah. Um, okay. Shercock hosting Corner Fane this time. Corner Fane. Fired form again last week. Shercock, that defeat to Lavi. Uh, was a bit of a blow for now, so I'm going to go corner fan, even though there's only a couple, there's only one point between them on the table. Shercock at home, I don't know. I'm sticking with corner fan, I'm starting to doubt myself already, but I'm going to stick with corner fan there. Yeah, I'm going to go with Shercock on this one. Um, Shercock is a venue, it's hard to go. Again, I could be kicking myself in the, in the foot here or biting, me, biting myself in the ass, depends which way you want to, you want to say it, but I. Shercock, I find, is a, is a difficult place to go and get victories. Uh, I, I've always found it kind of a, a, a strange pitch to play on. Um, I'm just having a quick look to see what their, their home results were like. Um, 
kind of even get them up away win a big Bailey at home which is a big local derby then the next home game just haven't played in a while at home on these ones they beat they lost to Trumgoon at home um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to get points against you so I'm going to take my time on this one they beat Mullerhorn up in Shercock they then beat who's their other there's going to be more home games here for Shercock and the beast, uh, Bill Torbett up there, which is a big one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sherpock on this one. You sure now? Yeah, I'm looking. I've, I've, <laughs> I've done my due diligence, and I, uh, I, I think that they have enough at home that they're going to get over this one. But, um, yeah. Ah, do you know what you? Going to find a good going forward. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. Fucking, I'm staying with it. I'm staying with it. Welcome to this insight into the workings of Damien's brain. <laughs> if you've got any insight out of that, you're you're welcome to me. Okay, so Drumgoon hosting Lavi. I think Lavi, 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 as we said, as we said, are finding form. Drumgoon um, not really finding any form there, even though there are nine points. There's a gap there, so. Even though Drumgoon are at home, I, I'll take Lavi to get the win there. Trying to push, I know they'll be pushing, trying to get the promotion spot. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on it and, and essentially what it'll do is, is consign Drumgoon to the relegation playoff. Um, but I, I think that Lavi will have the bit between their teeth. They've got positive momentum at the moment and they'll be looking at it and saying there's a possibility like either Kuhollins or Mullerhorn have to drop points. So, and there's no guarantees for wins of, of the teams above them. So they'll be doing everything they can to keep it within their own hands. So, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go with Lavi as well to get an away win there. Um, then against Beltorbis in St. Matthew's Park. Again, the dense form has been so poor, but they, they have shown a, a few signs of life in the last few weeks, all right. But um, so Ted would be let play in this one. He didn't get game time last weekend, so maybe he needs game time when you're, say, two weeks out. Do you know what? We could have a scenario that all county players are let play this weekend. And look, I... I I'd be surprised if it was the case. Yeah, well, some might play, you know, some might be resting themselves, but you might see some play in, all right, uh, especially lads that didn't play against Sligo. I, I'm going to go with Bill Torbett for the away win. I, I just don't think Dan have anything to play for. Uh, and Bill Torbett haven't a huge amount to play for either because I don't think 15 is going to be enough um, because you've got... Uh, Shercock also on 13 and you've got four teams on 14 surely two of them will win uh, but I'll go up and Torbett for the away win at the same time I think they're just a little bit more dependable than Den at the minute yeah the gambler in me is, is kind of saying go for Den now because it's an opportunity to get one up on them and we've pretty much gone we've actually 100% gone in agreement so I am going to go for Den just to to throw a cat amongst the pigeons because I think um you're chasing. I'm chasing and I need to I need to try something. Okay, Mullahorn against Kuhulif. This is a huge one. This is basically you know Mullahorn can be knocked out of the, the promotion playoff spots, the semi-finals. Kuhulin's also the loser of this is most likely gonna not make a semi-final. So this is a big game in Mullahorn. Yeah I can't see I can't see Kuhulin's making it on 14 if they don't win this game. There's a possibility Mullerhorn could scrape in on 15. Mm. <laughs> There's a bit of guesswork involved here because 
I don't know what kind of a team Collins have at the minute. They had a lot of injuries. That was a bad result from Mullahorn against Arva. Uh, so I'll have to let you go first on this one, actually. Yeah. It wasn't just a bad result for Mullahorn. It was a bad performance, from what I understand, by Mullahorn. Um, and the, there's a bit of disappointment going on there at the minute. But it's not as if Cuhonans are exactly like the world either. Like a, a draw was then in their last outing, I think I'm right in saying. Um, eight points apiece last Thursday evening that doesn't bode that terrible well for them but then they did have a big win over in Jungoon the week before so there's too many unknowns to, to make a confident prediction on this one but I'm going to say the um, oh, I'll, I'll go with Mullahorn that's the home win for Mullahorn I'll go with Cuhollins then good man nothing like a bit of gambling um, but do, do do so responsibly, please. Uh, Balamikiu against Arva in Balamikiu. Arva, Arva all day long, isn't it? They're, they 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 their need is far greater here. Um, in terms of that, they can still be caught at the top of the table. Uh, Balamikiu have nothing to play for, so there's there's no doubt about it. I think Arva gonna win this one. Um. Okay, then we're into the Wilton Waste All County Football League Division Three. Baileyborough hosting Drummolee. Sorry, that's wrong. That's Wilton Waste Division Two. No point in going back there. Um, Kai Powertech All County Football League Division uh, Three. So, just looking. Kiligary are travelling to Drum. Kiligary B team. Drum. Yeah, I think so. I think they'll, they'll bounce back on this one. Muncher Connacht against Red Hills. This is a big, big game. Um, Muncher Connacht in second position. Red Hills in fourth. A win for Red Hills guarantees semi-final spot. A win for Muncher Connacht guarantees semi-final spot. A draw for both actually guarantees. Damn it, why did I give away my secrets? I'll go with Muncher Connacht uh, because I think you might go Red Hills and I, I find it hard to split them there. I'll take Muncher Connacht with home advantage. Well, then, do you know what? I'll, 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 I'll take... Take the offer. I'll go for the hills on it. Um, Kim Shamrocks. Actually, I might go for the draw now. The last one. They'd never play out a draw, would they? No, I still wear the hills. I still wear the hills. Um, okay. Kill Shamrocks against uh, Swan and Bar. I think Kill Shamrocks' need is, is a little bit greater here. Yeah, kill are better than Swad. Uh, it has to be killed for me. The only thing that I'd expect is we'll see uh, Chris Corden back fairly soon. and I think he'll be a, a big addition to Swan and Bar when he comes back, but easy enough to get them ahead of that Kill Challenge. It's important for Kill to bounce back from the defeat last week. Um, and, and probably it may even have been the large, largest defeat bar the Templeport one of the year. So they'll, they'll definitely need to show a bit of resilience and, and bounce back with this one. Although I do understand Sean Gaffney is back with them and came on in the last game. So that was a big plus for them. Shannon Gales against uh, McNugent. Down in Shannon Gales. McNugent. Even though it's a long aisle journey, I still expect them to bounce back as well. Templeport against Kilachandra. Templeport are at home. Templeport. I agree with you. Corla are hosting Kildallan. Um, not a lot to play for on this one. Corla. Corla. Has to be. Corla. Yeah, I'd uh, 
But considering Kildannan conceded last week, you can't have a huge amount back. Um, yeah, I'll go with Coral as well. And finally then, Mahara uh, hosting Drumalee. Drumalee. Drumalee will need and want the, the win there to, to cement that that semi-final spot, um, which they, they should get with a win against Mahara. Okay. That's the all, Paul, would you believe? True it all. Lovely job. Don't forget to check out over on the Die Hard service. We have our review from the Calcium Cup semi-final. Um, we have a rant from Paul. You can't miss Paul's rant. If, if, if you've gone a week without a rant from Paul, you're not living. You're just not living. Get over there. Get onto the Die Hard service. Listen to that. You can also hear Killian Clark on his 100th appearance um, in the Cavan jersey. Spoke to him after the game. And, of course, the Cavan manager, Mickey Graham. We'll also be looking back over Cavan ladies' narrow defeat to Mayo and the Cavan Camogues comfortable victory over Mayo, uh, which puts them through to the All-Ireland Premier Junior semi-final. We'll be looking back over all that action. And, of course, you have your Cavan Lives podcast coming out this week. If you didn't hear last week's podcast, it's Martin Tormey, uh, CEO of Good Buddy Stockbroker, um, or Good Buddy, as is known now. Um, a knock bride man, but a really, really interesting um, story there from Martin Tormey. Um, I think that's about all, bar the 400-odd episodes that you can pick up over on the Patreon service that's on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Paul, thanks a million for joining me on the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Thanks, David.